Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical, underage sale prohibited. Introducing Zone Nicotine Pouches, the perfect balance of unparalleled comfort, longer-lasting flavor, and nicotine that satisfies. Whether you're zoning in during the race or zoning out after a tough day at work, Zone gets you there faster and keeps you there longer. Available in seven flavors and in six and nine milligram strengths. Find Zone at zonepouches.com and retailers near you. Own your Zone with Zone Nicotine Pouches. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another episode. It's NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelin Engineering. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheelin is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. And big news this week at MRN, it's Wendy's week. Get to Wendy's today for the beefiest, the baconist, the best burger ever, the Baconator. And Kyle, I've had a few in my lifetime. Those are absolutely delicious. I know you've, you're a big Wendy's fan yourself, so maybe pop one over uh, this week. K-Rex, I am. Yeah, Kyle, Ricky out in Connecticut. How are you doing, my friend? We've got another week of racing. It's uh, Chicago week in the NASCAR National Series for Xfinity and the Cup Series, so a lot of hub hubbub about that going on this week. But for you in short track racing, I know Stafford's been uh, ripping and rolling here as we get to the, I guess, the end of June already. I don't know where time is gone. We're already staring down 4th of July. But what's going on in your neck of the woods? Yeah, you know, dodging the raindrops. Uh, that seems to be the an unsettled weather pattern that we've been in up here in in the Northeast for about I don't know the better part of a month. And a fair, apparently, it's affecting most of the country because you know you look at the the airports and the airline cancellations, and you realize just how big of an issue uh, Mother Nature can be, whether it be at your local short track level or whether it be just trying to get to the racetrack. Um, out of the regional airports up here in the Northeast. But um, uh, yeah, overall, we're, we're in good shape. We got a big fireworks show this week here at the Stafford Motor Speedway. Um, as we tape this on Wednesday, uh, there's an open wheel Wednesday event at the Seekonk Speedway, which we'll talk to Ron Silk about here in a bit because he's partaking in it, fresh off uh, another win on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. So um, it's a very busy time of the season at this part of the country um, and at this point of the year in this part of the country. However, it's like 72 degrees outside. It feels nothing like July. So uh, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I'll take it as long as it stays dry. Nope, 90 degrees here in the Charlotte, North Carolina area. <laughs> Obviously down here at the uh, MRN headquarters in Concord, North Carolina. We're also dealing with another round of the Canadian wildfire smoke. Yeah. The air quality down here is just absolutely horrible. I don't know if you could tell. I think it already is making me a little bit more nasally today, so apologize for that. Uh, but we got a big week ahead, of course, in racing, but last week, tons going on between ARCA, the Wheel of Modified Tour at Riverhead. Uh, we're getting close to the month of money, too, as well. A lot of big short track events putting up some serious dough in 2023, so we're going to talk about that. And then Ron Silk joins us, uh, points leader and most recent winner out at Riverhead for the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. We're going to talk to Ronnie just about his season and, of course, the big win at Riverhead. It's been a long time coming. 24 starts for him. Finally got a big win out at Riverhead. So, Kyle, let's kick things off with Arca at Elko. They've just been hot on it here the last couple of weeks. Just back-to-back-to-back, yeah. short track racing at Elko. And Jesse Love does it again. Fourth win in five races, uh, leading some 230-some laps of the 250-lap event. Uh, basically had to get that round William Swalich, your pole sitter off the drop of the green flag. And then it was bye-bye Jesse. It was bye-bye Jesse for the most part. Uh, there was a time halfway through the event, about lap 120, 125 before the midway break that William made a run for the lead. He took the lead for about 
200 yards or so until Jesse got back by him with the crossover. Um, it was entertaining. Uh, the whole race entertaining, shortest track of the year for the Arkham Menard series. Uh, we saw the, the, uh, the, the rivalry, I guess, continue between yeah. Sean Hingarani and William Zawalich started uh, last week, continued this week. We had William on the show a week ago. He might, he was a little concerned about some potential retaliation, which, occurred on a restart uh, late in the race, but really didn't slow him down much. He battled back to finish in the second spot to Jesse Love. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. He's, he said post-race, too. He feels like he's it's a two-against-one between the two Venturini frontrunners of yeah. Jesse and Sean. And, and it was interesting that it was Sean the one who took him out because obviously we know what happened at Berlin when Jesse was basically going to win that race and got take, you know moved up the hill by William Swalich. So interesting that Sean's now kind of entered the chat room of this kind yeah. of three-way rivalry, but it's two Venerini cars against one JGR Toyota. So we'll keep an eye on it, Kyle, but I kind of like it. A little rivalry mid-season here for the Arkham Menard series. I like it. Right in the middle of the short track, the short track swing for the Arkham Menard series. Uh, started, at, as you mentioned, at Berlin, continued this past weekend. And really no harm, no foul as they all finished, you know, one, two, three, fighting for the win when all was said and done. Yeah, absolutely. So Frankie Munez, big story there, huge wreck, got out okay, and luckily he was okay, but a big impact to the outside rotating wall, finished 16th. Uh, Tony Costantino, I thought this kid is, is he's on the move. I mean, two straight career best finishes with the Arc Menard series. He's now fourth in the points. He vaulted from like seventh or eighth up to fourth. Andres Perez de Lara, fourth top five this season. He's now into the top three in the points. So uh, they're all still chasing Jesse Love, but that, that points gap is starting to narrow, now entering some other drivers uh, to the party. So that's going to be fun. And Kyle, we go road course racing next with this group. July 7th, the Zinsser Smart Coat 150 at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. I had the pleasure of being down there with you last year. Uh, hopefully the rain doesn't, well, actually, I don't know. Maybe if the rain comes, it would be kind of a good thing. We saw a lot of drama there last year. Yeah, it added a whole different element to that race a year ago. I believe it started in the wet. The sun came out within, doesn't take long to dry once the sun came out, uh, within, what, five, six, seven laps. Uh, teams were debating on whether they should come in and, and put slicks on. And then within eight to ten laps, the track was totally dry. It was ever-changing every time around. And, and it made for a very interesting race. But, uh, yeah, it was a fun to see that that event start in the wet a year ago. Yeah, and we even saw the rule uh, that not many of us knew about going into the event. You cannot change slick to slicks when you come down yep. pit road for the Arkham Nard series. And we saw a couple of rev racing drivers get busted. So I think a lot of teams kind of know that you can't get away with that should we have a similar situation. So you can only go wet to slick or slick to wet, yep. but not to the same tires. So uh, a lot of drama there last year. Of course, Mid-Ohio is going to put on a great show coming up July the 7th. All right, more grassroots action. Connor Hall, a name that we've talked about several times on NASCAR Coast to Coast here this year. Undefeated at Langley, Kyle. Some of these incredible numbers. Nine races. He has eight NASCAR Weekly Series wins. One Cars Tour win. I mean, if, obviously going for the championship there, but solidifying himself as probably one of the longest streaks of winners at a racetrack here this year. Yeah, they got something figured out there at the Langley Speedway right now. And they're good fields. I mean, the, those yeah. late model fields are, are 16, 18, 20, 20 cars deep. And he held off one of the best last week in Greg Edwards to pick up the win. So, um, yeah, when you when you hit on something, uh, 
was going to say, yeah, when they hit on something, they they really been able to hit on it here this season, uh, holding off Greg Edwards last week. And, uh, yeah, they got to figure it out, no matter whether it be in the late model of the car store. Some drama at Bowman Gray this weekend. Uh, looked like Burt Myers had himself uh, another win. I think it would be his 34th of his career. All B for not had the wrong tires on the car, and he got called out for it. Burt was not happy about it. Felt like he got singled out. DQ, that means Tim uh, Tim Brown got his 98th career. Record setting, again, continues to to, to rise the more he wins uh, at Bowman Gray, his four, or second win of the season. Uh, so the points championship uh, going to kind of change a little bit there. Junior Snow won race number two, a good win for Junior. Trey Lapsovich, Kyle, when we go north of the border, speaking of Canada, and the wildfires are back at it again, but no one's slowing down. Trey Lapsovich uh, extending his Pinty's points lead with another win, this time at Eastbound, a really cool racetrack. Uh, out there in Newfoundland, Kyle, what'd you think of the Pinty's race this weekend? Yeah, now a 23-point lead over Kevin Lacroix for Trayton Lapsovich, who has this the again has it figured out, has every, all the positive momentum in the world. Uh, pretty good race there at the end. Uh, had a four-lap shootout to the checkered flag. Had a hold off Alex LeBay uh, in route to the win, which he did with ease because Alex, in turn, had to hold off Mark Antoine Cameron for the second spot. They got racing side by side and it allowed Trayton to pull away to pick up a uh, win number three. On the season, as they uh, they go street racing here in a couple weeks' time, uh, we, we've talked a lot about street course racing in Chicago, but they hit the uh, the streets of Toronto here in two weeks, July fourteenth, right around the corner. Yeah, and one of those drivers, Alex LeBay, will be in the Chicago street race for the NASCAR yep. Xfinity Series too. So uh, a driver with a lot of experience, maybe could put on a show in the streets of Chicago. Boy, I'm so excited for that. I mean, there's just a lot of one, unknowns about that racetrack, but two, just the event itself is going to be huge, so it'll be cool to see that. All right, before we get to our guest, let's talk about his win. Ron Silk picking up a second win of the season. The Miller Lite salutes Mike and Wanatsko 200 at Riverhead. Second visit there, Kyle, do you feel like that helped Ron after we already have one trip there, right? You get a notebook built for this year to go into race number two of the year and go pick up the win. Yeah, it could have helped him, um, but, uh, you know, Justin Bonsignor was there earlier in the year, Doug Kobe, all the big names, and, and he had to fend off for a majority of the second half of that race. Justin Bonsignor, who never really got any further back than a car length or two from Ron, maybe in some lap traffic late in the run, uh, separated by three or four car lengths. But for the most part, Justin stayed within striking distance, but Ron ran a perfect race, and you have to do that when you have one of the best uh, hot on your hip for the entire event and Justin Bonsignor. And uh, good to see Ron uh, claim that win, like you mentioned earlier in the show, finally getting that first Riverhead win and having to fend off one of the best in track history, especially when it comes to the modified tour to do so. Yeah, and I thought a relatively clean race, some late, late race Was. cautions there at the end. But for a track like Riverhead, you know, we expect Wall and Riverhead just to be an absolute just contact, you know, beating and banging caution-filled races, but so far these short tracks we've been to on the schedule, relatively clean. I think that just kind of shows the level of talent that continues to rise in the modified tour. And I think the field sizes help that as well. There was a time where, we're, you know, the modified tour was starting 28, 30 cars on the short tracks, and, and that's hard to do. Um, the field has kind of been trimmed a little bit, 23, 24 cars, and I think that's perfect for a place like Mananak, who had a caution-free race there um, a couple of years ago, uh, a place like Riverhead. Uh, the last couple, you know, two of the last three races have been run there. Wall could be interesting. I feel like Wall. I don't know what it is about the high banks of Wall Stadium, but that's the next race on the tour. And I feel like in the three visits the tour has had there over the years, 
something weird has happened. They've had big pileups. I, I'm not quite sure what it is about the configuration of that speedway, but um, that could be fun to watch here. No matter the field size here in a couple of weeks, we can talk to Ron about wall here coming up. Yeah, I'm sure he's got a lot to say. And speaking of Ron, he is on the other side of the break on the phone. So let's get to it. On the flip side, we talked to Ronnie Silk, again, points leader in the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour, win number two this season at Riverhead. We'll talk to him coming up next on NASCAR Coast to Coast. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. Back into NASCAR Coast to Coast, presented by Wheel and Engineering. As promised, joining us over the phone, it is NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour Points leader and most recent winner at Riverhead, Mr. Ron Silk, driver of car number 16. Ron, congratulations on the win over the weekend. I know it's been a long time coming. 24-some starts there at Riverhead. You finally got the monkey off your back. Walk me through the emotions of taking the checkered flag over the weekend there at Riverhead. Uh, yeah, well, thanks for having me on. Um... It was definitely great to finally get a get a win there. Um, you know, it's a tricky little place, really small track. Um, just really happy, you know, for me and all my guys to uh, to win there. It's cool for us. A small little track where you had to fend off Justin Bonsignor over the second half or most of that race in lap traffic. Um, how difficult is it to manage all that uh, behind the seat or behind, behind the wheel in the seat? Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, he's won a lot of races there. It's his home track, so mm -hmm. uh, it felt good to beat him there. Uh, I really thought that we had a chance to beat him there last time, and I kind of uh, had a bad restart towards the end of the race, which cost us the race. So um, it was definitely different this time. We raced the top instead of the bottom, but that kind of was good for lap traffic. Most of them all got out of the way down to the bottom, and we could keep running our line around the top. So um just a like tricky place. Sometimes you go there and run the bottom and then other times you go and run the top and uh, you know, to have two different racetracks like that, the two times we've been there. And I, I really think we had the best car both times, um, you know, means we're doing a good job with the car, which is good. This was the second visit for the tour to Riverhead. So I'm curious, and I, and you've done this several times over the course of your career, when you make these repeat visits, what did you learn Obviously, you mentioned the restarts, you know, back in May were maybe critical to that race. But what else do you learn about what the racetrack does one visit leading into another? Well, yeah, I think you learn something every time, uh, you know, whether you whether you miss a little bit too tight or too loose one time. You always kind of have an idea of what when you leave, what what little changes you need to make to uh, to go back and be better. And uh, sometimes you get it right and sometimes you don't. So it was uh, we did a good job of executing that this time for sure. And how long does it take during the course of an event, practice, qualify, race, to figure out, all right, how the racetrack is going to be that night? You mentioned it was, for the most part, two totally different lines in the first two races of the season for the tour. How long does it take to figure out where the line's going to be that day? Yeah, it's kind of funny. I, I practiced most of the, the whole time on the bottom, qualified on the bottom, and, and even started the race running the bottom. 
Um, I was, you know, a little bit behind Eric Beers early in the race who won the Eric Beers, his son, Austin Beers. I was Austin. a little behind him early in the race and uh, had a little, you know, had some room behind me. So I just kind of moved around and figured out pretty quickly once I moved up that I, you know, that was probably where we were going to run for the night. It just seemed uh, seemed faster and it seemed to be a little bit easier on the rear tires as well. Kyle Larson brings his Chevy four tires to no-go racing fuel. From fueling NASCAR champions on the track for over 20 years to innovating 94 octane, the highest octane on the market. Performance is what Sunoco does. All Sunoco fuel at the pump meets the same top tier standards as the fuel used in NASCAR. Money's not here for Ryan Blaney, four tires with Sunoco fuel. From the track to your tank, you can trust Sunoco to help your vehicle perform at its peak. Restart so critical no matter which track we visit, but was that race in May in the back of your mind there late in the going when you had to, you know, uh, you know Justin's behind you, right? And you've got another late race restart to to, to contend with. Uh, I'm sure that that kind of thought lingered that, you know, you got to make sure you hit this one right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you don't want to make the same mistake twice, so. Um, I was certainly thinking about it as the laps were winding down, but luckily it stayed uh, stayed green and we didn't have to go through that again. But uh, I certainly would have been a little bit more prepared for it this time to try to not let that happen. Three former champions running the tour full-time this year. You are one of them. Uh, hard to believe it's been more than a decade since your uh, last championship on the tour. But all three of you were top three in points, separated by 30. You, Justin, and Doug, uh, how cool is that? And 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 what do you expect here? As I mean, we're still early in the season. We're just seven races into 23. But um, how fun is it to to race those two uh, for for what could be your second title here in you know 15 races or so from now? Yeah, it's cool. I've I've raced against both those guys for a long time, and like you said, we're very early in the season. But um, you know, we're sitting in a good spot now. It's it's always. Uh, better to be in front than have to to run someone down so we're just going to keep trying to be consistent and uh you know get a couple more wins as we go and hopefully you know it's just it's the long enough season as it is it gets really long when you think about the points constantly so we try not to do that we try and go uh win the race and and run it kyle mentioned the schedule 23 total races this year you know it's it's just incredible the, the the strength of not only the competition on the tour this year but the amount of races, I mean, this year in particular, Ron, how different does this year feel being on the tour? How much more grueling is it for you, your teams, and, and especially some of these other teams that are, you know, fighting to, to, to make sure they can make it the full season. But for you guys, too, just how grueling is a year like this when we have such a, you know, a decent car count each and every race and, of course, a beefy schedule in 2023? Yeah, I mean, well, thank God it's not 23. It's 19, but that's still a lot for us. Um you know, normally our seasons have been around 16 races uh, in that area. So even just the three more, we all feel it. Um, there's a little bit more travel involved this year than than seems like years past anyway. But um, it's tough. It's tough for everybody to – it's a lot of time off of – you know, we all have regular jobs and live regular lives. So um certainly makes it difficult on our team, and I'm sure everyone else's. But you got to uh, go and do the best you can. Yeah, 19 total races might feel like 23, though, with all the other racing that a lot of you drivers do appear in New England. I know there's an open wheel Wednesday event tonight at the Seekonk Speedway that many of the tour regulars, I believe yourself included, will be at. 
where do you see the modified landscape right now in this part of the country? Chris mentioned great car counts on the NASCAR Wheel and Modified Tour. You have weekly tracks hosting open modified tour type events. You have other series uh, that, you know, that have, you know, 12 or I guess seven to 12 events a year around the New England. Uh, how do you see the modified landscape now here in this region? Uh, I think it's, I mean, I think everyone has a lot of options of where they want to race. Maybe, maybe a little bit too many options uh, mm -hmm. for the amount of cars that we have. But um, I would say, you know, it wasn't that long ago. If you wanted to race tour type modified, you had to run the wheel and modified tour, which uh, doesn't fit into everyone's budget. So I think, uh, you know, I think these open races are doing a good job getting better and better. And, you know, the tour is still uh, plugging along like always. So it's pretty healthy, I would say. You mentioned the tight points battle. Well, the next on the schedule, another short track at Wall with the Jersey Shore 150. Uh, what are the expectations going to that facility? How confident are you and your team? Obviously, uh, momentum is a huge thing for any race car driver. So when you come off a win, that's got to feel really good going to a place like Wall where you can kind of transition that short track vibe to that racetrack. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we ran well there last year. We won the pole and, and led quite a bit of the race and faded a little bit at the end. So. Um, try and take some of what we learned last year and, and uh, you know, improve on that and, and not fall off at the end and try and put ourselves in position to at least have a chance to win and compete with those guys. Final question for you. I want to touch on New Hampshire coming up in, in a couple of weeks. Um, for a long time, it was kind of known as a, as a wild card with the draft. And often, you know, you get some of those big incidents that we have seen at the bigger racetracks of the modifieds. I don't feel like that's been the case this year. Uh, how do you see your your event going into New Hampshire here in a couple of weeks' time on, on the mile racetrack? Uh, I always look forward to going to Loudoun. You know, over the years, it's been a really good track for me. I've won there three times, I think. But, um, yeah, I don't see it as being a wild card. I, I think – Draft, you still draft and everything, but it's not quite as intense as it used to be years ago, 10, 15 years ago. A little bit more tame, but, um, you know, you just, it's one of those places. It's long straightaways, long corners. You got to have a fast car and, and put yourself in the right position. But we always look forward to going there. It's a lot of fun. Well, Ron, I appreciate you joining us. Congratulations on the win at Riverhead number two of the year. And of course, best of luck down the road as we visit Wall, New Hampshire, and the rest of the tour schedule. Thanks for joining us. And uh, like I said, best of luck the rest of the year. Thanks guys. Thanks for having me on. And hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. That's Ron Silk, big winner at Riverhead Raceway for his second win on the tour schedule this year. And the first in his career, we'll uh, talk about some news and notes and the schedule ahead as we get close to the 4th of July weekend coming up here on NASCAR coast to coast presented by Whelan engineering. Wheelan Engineering, a global leader in the emergency warning industry, designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers and warning systems for the automotive, aviation and mass notification industries worldwide. Wheelan products are designed, sourced and manufactured in America and tested on site to meet the toughest industry standards. Wheelan Engineering, manufactured in America for over 70 years. We never left and we're here to stay. in the NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheel and Engineering. Just wrapped up conversation with Ron Silk. Kyle, good points battle. You mentioned it 
in that interview, there's three champions all within striking distance of each other, seven races into this 19-race season. I feel like there's not going to be a lot of separation, especially with some of the, the, the tracks coming up on the schedule, good for all three of these drivers. So I feel like it's going to be a barn burner to the finish. Yeah, including Wall Stadium, New Hampshire, a couple visits to the Thompson Speedway. So a, a lot still to come. Uh, Claremont's on the schedule once again this year. 30 points between the top three. Ron Silk, Justin Bonsignor, and Doug Kobe. I just I just think it's so cool that all of the champions that are running full-time on the schedule, uh, dating back to 2011 when Ron Silk uh, won that his first championship and currently only championship, um, all we're missing, I guess, is Ryan Priest, who has a, a title in there as well. But he's, uh, you know, been a little busy on, on Sundays this year. But uh, it's going to be fun to watch and see how it plays out here over the course of uh, the second half of their season. Yeah, absolutely. Looking forward to it. All right, some news and notes from this week in grassroots racing. First and foremost, uh, Kyle Larson and Jeremy Mayfield tackling the Cars Tour for the first time in their careers uh, this week. Of course, that is happening on Wednesday as we record this show. So uh, for those of you watching on Thursday, you're probably going to know who wins. But how cool is that, especially for a guy like Kyle Larson? Of course, we talk about it each and every year about he can win in anything. He can get in a dirt late model and win, obviously, truck series and all the NASCAR stuff, sprint cars, midgets. But a pavement late model. Didn't see this on my bingo card this year. But again, Kyle probably trying to show the world that he can still win in anything. So what do you think about Kyle? And then, of course, Jeremy Mayfield getting back behind the wheel as well. I feel like we haven't seen Jeremy Mayfield in quite some yeah. time. Uh, there was a while that he would pop up for some one or two off races, um, maybe six, seven years ago. But uh, it would be interesting to see if he still has it, uh, as he hasn't really been a regular much, especially on pavement late models. Neither has Kyle Larson, although he he found so much success on the asphalt short tracks uh, now, what, a decade or more ago when he was running the old K&N East Series for, for Rev Racing. Did well there, won the championship, uh, picked up a bunch of wins on the short tracks around the southeast. So I think he'll uh, he'll be just fine. There's probably a good chance that by the time this airs, uh, we'll be talking about uh, Kyle Larson winning again on pavement in a late model uh, for the first time in a number of years. Yeah, I was going to say, remember one of the last times he ran a late model was that Battle at the Beach at Daytona, yeah. where there was that controversial finish. So Kyle Larson back uh, back behind the wheel. So really cool stuff. Uh, Chase Elliott has entered his name to the Slinger Nationals. Of course, that's a big, big event coming up on Tuesday, July 11th. The who's who of short track racing is going to be there. So, you know, obviously we know Ty Majeski, a multi-time winner at that event, is going to be in that race. But uh, Matt Kenseth put his name into the ring as well, the Wisconsin, Wisconsin native. So, uh, Kyle, Slinger Nationals, where we're going to get more into that here in the next show, in the next week or two, but uh, that's a huge event, you know, when we talk about summer short track racing. Yeah, big event. Glad to see, you know, uh, the sport's biggest names uh, taking part in it. Obviously, a NASCAR Hall of Famer and Matt Kenseth, former Cup Series champion. You have the current most popular driver in the sport at the top level, Chase Elliott, competing in the event. So um, good to see that uh, the sport's best are supporting these big major short track events and competing against uh the you know, short track racing's best for sure also making news this week pepper jack kennels teaming up with the asa southern super series at five flags for the pepper jack kennel twin 100s that's friday and saturday the 21st and 22nd of july each super late model competition 10 grand to win so thank you to pepper jack for putting up uh, the sponsorship to uh, kind of beef up the purse there at Five Flags. Uh, of course, Kyle, we we can kind of tie a bow on it. Josh Berry, of course, uh, inking his deal with SHR, Stuart Haas Racing, in the Cup Series in 2024. 
Uh, Short Trackers made it. So congratulations. Of course, that news came out just after we recorded last week's show. But uh, just just your overall thoughts of Josh getting getting that opportunity. I think everyone on, on the cars tour level and the grassroots racing level uh, now kind of has a person to look up to, right? Of, of, hey, I can make it off talent. Josh did it. Uh, it kind of opens the doors for maybe the next short track racer to get it done. I was going to say he did it without writing the big check or any check for that matter. Did it on talent and talent alone. It wasn't that long ago. He was a bank teller. And now here he is uh, racing one of the, for one of the predominant teams in the sport at the top level. Uh, I know we talk about the cars tour a lot, but keep in mind, you know, just three years ago, he was the NASCAR Advanced Auto Parts Weekly Series National Champion. So it, it kind of proves that that ladder that that NASCAR established many years ago with with the regional series and the weekly series. Uh, he's been able to move up them um, into the Xfinity series, was a championship four contender last year, finding success this year, just I think the top five in points, uh, leaving Nashville last week. And uh, you know now he's gonna run the four car in the NASCAR Cup series uh, for next season. Yeah, an iconic ride too as well. So congratulations, yep. Josh. Final news and note before we get to the schedule, Virginia Late Model Triple Crown is this week, Kyle. That is a kind of a mid-season staple. I guess mid-season. It starts in mid-season and ends, of course, yep. out at Martinsville. But the South Boston Thunder Road Harley-Davidson 200. Again, Corey Heim won that race last year in an absolute barn burner. I think they called it one of the best races of the year last year. Uh, 40 cars are already entered. Of course, track champion Peyton Sellers, multi-time track champion, is entered along with Carter Langley, who's duking out the points battle this season. But some other big names are there as well. Some of the Cars Tour members doing double duty. Carson Quapple, Brendan Queen, Bobby McCarty. Uh, huge event, Kyle, and, and a storied event for New England uh, late model racing as well. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a huge event uh, down there in Virginia. Peyton Sellers, of course, winning the championship last year. This is uh, hard to believe the 11th season of the Virginia Triple Crown. It was not run in 2020. Um, you know, a lot, talking to a lot of the drivers, watching a lot of their social media posts, they're they're worried about battling the heat for 200 laps, not only this weekend at South Boston, but at the Langley Speedway in a race that has the name Heat in it, the Hampton Heat here in a couple of weeks' time. And then, of course, they button everything up with the Valley, the Valley Star Credit Union 300 at the Martinsville Speedway later this summer, uh, I guess at the probably the start of the fall season. So um, it's a great series. It, it kind of brings late model racing together for at least three nights a year, all the big names from all the short tracks in the region gather at uh, some of the best venues that host the events over the course of the year for some big purses, extended events, 200 laps of distance for each of them. So uh, going to be fun on flow this weekend. Looking forward to it. All right. Speaking of what's to come this weekend, ARCA West is back in action. So we go from Arkham and Art Series to the ARCA West Series. Irwindale, second visit of the year this Saturday night, the Napa Auto Parts 157 p.m. on Flow Racing. Sean Hingarani, second in points, 12 back of Landon Lewis. Uh, what do you think? It's probably going to come down to those two, but is there another name, maybe like a Tyler Reif that could sneak his name in there? Yeah, you got Tyler Reif. You got Bradley Erickson, third in points, 14 back. He could sneak in there, but you're probably right. It's going to come down to Landon Lewis, Sean Hingarani, and, and Sean looking to gain a few points maybe this week. The most recent winner at the Irwindale Speedway when the series visited that racetrack just uh, a couple of weeks ago. That's right. And of course, we were there, the Motor Racing Network, when Landon Lewis picked up his first win out at yep. Portland. Uh, moving on to some other races this weekend, CRASA Super Series at Nashville Fairground Speedway with the North-South Super Late Model Challenge. Gio Rogerio won last time out at Salem. Firecracker 100, Carson Hosevar. We uh, 
Saw him and heard him on the Motor Racing Network pick up the win at Nashville in the Truck Series over the weekend. He's entered at his home track at Birch Run in Michigan for the Firecracker 100. And, of course, all the weekly racing that you can digest beginning Thursday at Thunder Road. Friday, Kyle, give us a little preview. The Firecracker 30 at Stafford Motor Speedway. Yeah, it's a special event for the street stocks. Uh, they will be joined by, the, of course, the SK Modifieds. Uh, big race last week, Mike Christopher Jr., Picking up the race win, Marcello Rafrano hitting the wall at a ton off of turn number two, going up in a fireball. He won uh, earlier in the month, so uh, hopefully that team can get the car back together. They can rebound this week. Uh, late models are in action, limited late models, um, SK lights, all 34 of them or whatever show up every week. It's been a crazy number. And, of course, we wrap up the night with fireworks like most short tracks will probably do across the country uh, this coming week and weekend. Yes, one of my favorite weekends in short track racing because you can guarantee to get a fireworks show. Right. I don't trust myself with fireworks at home, so I go to the racetrack to watch my fireworks. So I don't have to worry about doing them at the house, but good stuff. And, of course, Saturday we've got all your weekly racing from Jennerstown, Riverhead, Berlin. Smart Modifieds, by the way, are at Caraway this weekend. Alaska Raceway Park in action as well, and much, much more, including stuff on the dirt with USAC and the All-Star Circuit of Champions. All right, K-Rick. So I know you're going to be busy Friday. What else is on your, uh, I guess, 4th of July weekend? Are you going to be tuning into Chicago listening to us here on the Motor Racing Network? Yeah, we'll be tuned in both Saturday and Sunday. The Xfinity Series should be an interesting race. Uh, granted, with the uh, the different levels of experience uh, behind the wheel of those cars uh, come Saturday afternoon. The Cup Field, I'm sure, will put on a great show on Sunday. A lot of unknowns. Uh, it will be interesting to see what Jensen Button can do. His second time back behind the wheel of a Cup car. Um, other than that, I'll be, uh, let's see, we got some go-kart racing on Sunday before the Chicago race, because it is a late start. I think 5.30 Eastern time. Yeah, you guys go green in Chicago, so we should be done by then. If we're not, there's a problem. Uh, Friday night, Stafford tonight, Seekonk Speedway with Open Wheel Wednesday and the Monaco Modified. So a lot happening. I love this time of the year here in New England. Kyle is not bored up in New England, that's for sure. Lots going on as well. And again, Kyle mentioned it, Chicago weekend. Again, NASCAR blazing a new trail, a new era of racing, going to the streets of downtown Chicago. It all begins with the NASCAR Xfinity Series. In, uh, the Loop 121, 4.30 p.m. Eastern. We go live on MRN on Saturday. Cup race, 4.30 Eastern. We go live for an hour pre-race show, NASCAR Live on Sunday. Of course, we will be on the air on MRN and the affiliates, 1.30 p.m. Eastern on Saturday for Cup Series practice and qualifying. So that will be our good opportunity to kind of ask the drivers. I'll be down there on pit road with Steve Post and say, okay, you know, you, you can't prep for this except for the sim. So what does it feel like in real life? So we'll get all those answers on Saturday afternoon. Kyle, enjoy your weekend. I'll miss you in Chicago, the Windy City. I'll have a slice of Giordano's pizza and maybe a Portillo's hot dog for you. Love it. Enjoy. I'll be listening. Will do. For everyone here involved with the show, Pat Jaggers, our producer, Kyle Ricky. My co-host, my name is Chris Willner. Thanks for tuning in once again to NASCAR Coast to Coast presented by Wheelin Engineering on the road, in the air, and around the world. Wheelin is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. And don't forget, it is Wendy's Race Week here on MRN. Race to Wendy's today to get the beefiest, baconiest, biggest burger ever, the Baconator. That's a lot of bees, Kyle. I'm hungry. We'll go see you next time here on Coast to Coast. This NASCAR season, Toyota Racing isn't looking for just anyone to join the team. No, we're looking for bankers, the ones who are open on Sundays. So if you live for the gravity-defying 31-degree banks like this one on Turn 4 in Daytona, then we want you. 
Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.